Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of God, the most merciful, the most compassionate. I want to begin by thanking Reverend Samaya and the great people at South Fraser Unitarians and Beacon Unitarians. I had the honor of conducting a lecture last year on Islamic liberation, and I'm excited for today's presentations, which I've titled Responding to Adversity. And I will be discussing, I'll, give, I'll be giving a brief reflection on what is the Islamic perspective on responding to adversity and suffering? And when one looks at the Quran, you'll find that the Quran is replete with verses that discuss the topic of suffering and adversity. And ultimately, according to the Quran, going through adversity is a part of the human condition. And God says that God created death and life so that he may try you to see which one of you is the most virtuous in deeds. And so in Islam, trials are considered an aspect of God's mercy, since they're an integral part of the process of purification. It's something which every human being goes through, and it's a test for God to see which person is the most virtuous. And in fact, the prophet, peace be upon him, has said, he was once asked, which people suffer the most, to which he responded, the prophets than those who are most like them. A person is tested according to the level of their faith. If their faith is firm, their trials will increase in severity. And if there is a weakness in their faith, they will be tried accordingly. And when one looks at the stories of the prophets, one sees that the prophets were not people who just only went through blessings and no hardships. But you look at the story of Joseph, for example, the story of Joseph is a beautiful story in which Joseph is thrown into a well by his brothers. He is enslaved. He is falsely thrown in prison. It's a story of somebody who suffers. But he was somebody who was beloved to God, just like Moses was, just like Abraham was, peace be upon them all. But all of them went through an immense amount of adversity because that's part of the human condition. And there's a beautiful saying of our prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, of the prophet Muhammad, who says that no fatigue, no disease, sorrow, sadness, or hurt befalls a believer, even if they're pricked by a thorn, but that God expiates some of their sins thereby. And it's a beautiful saying with beautiful meaning that Muslims use to explain, to rationalize the suffering that they're going through because they understand that everything that afflicts them is just a means of God purifying them, purifying their heart and removing all of their sins. And in fact, there's a beautiful story mentioned of a woman in our tradition who was one day walking and she tripped. And as she was falling, she placed her hands forward. And when she fell on her hands, she broke some bones her nails were broken and her hands were in immense amount of pain. And so the people surrounded her, they came around her and they asked her how she was feeling. And her response was one of laughter, of smiling. And they looked at her as if she was crazy. And they said, why are you laughing? Look at all this pain that you are in. And she responds and she says, all of this pain is just merely a way of God removing all of my sins. 
It's just the means of God removing all of my sins. And, you know, I once, uh, I, there was somebody very dear to me who was going through cancer. Um, and every day they were having to go through some sort of treatment, some sort of chemotherapy, uh, surgeries every month. And one would be amazed at just looking at the demeanor of the individual who was always very joyful, always smiling. And the reason why they were so joyful is they realized that all of this was just merely a means of God removing all of their sins and them returning back to their Lord being completely purified. It's a very different way at, at looking at the world. In Islam, we don't really have the concept of a prosperity gospel in the sense that God, the people who God are pleased with are the ones who are blessed in this world. According to the Quran, people are tested with different, uh, at different levels. And God says actually in the Quran that the nature of the human being is that when God has given them blessings, material blessings, they say God has honored us. And also the nature of human beings is that when God gives them afflictions and uh, tribulations and when God removes his provisions, they say God has dishonored us. He has humiliated us. And what is the response of God? God says, no, meaning you're wrong. That's, that's not how this world works. People are tested at different levels and the blessings a person is given with are merely a test just as much as the afflictions are a test. And according to the Quran, God has given us the solution as to how to respond to adversity. And so the rules are laid out that everybody will go through some sort of suffering and tribulation within their life. The tribulation could be in the sense that God has given a person lots of wealth, but they fail to use it in the appropriate manner. And at the same time, God could give afflictions to people for uh, uh, people who are in a state of suffering, and yet they complain to God and ask God, why is God doing this to me? And, and develop a victim complex, which is not the correct response. God says, oh, you who believe, seek assistance in patience and prayer. Indeed, God is with those who are patient. And the commentators... Prayer is something which is quite well known um, in our tradition, where we call upon our Lord asking for assistance, asking to remove the hardship, to increase us in our blessings. But what exactly is patience? Our commentators usually characterize, categorize patience into three kinds. One of them is being resolute in avoiding sins, meaning a person, uh, a person avoids doing things which are sinful to remove their tribulation. So for example, if somebody is in, a, is in a situation of financial hardship, which many people are in today's age of COVID, uh, they respond by going and stealing and robbing. According to the Quran, that, that's the incorrect way of being patient if one engages in sins. The other aspect they say is that one must remain constant in their virtuous activity meaning that when a person is in a difficult circumstance, they take the means to making sure that they are removing themselves from their calamity. And there's a famous saying of the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, that a believer should tie his camel and place his trust in God.
Meaning there's, there's two things a person must do. One, they must pray, but they also must take their means. And the last thing, which I think is, is extremely beautiful in terms of patience, is that they must remain content in the face of affliction. Knowing that the affliction that reaches them can only reach them through the permission of God, and therefore they're content. And knowing that eventually it will be removed. And there's actually a beautiful story which... Um, I, I've been a part of the last couple of years. Uh, there are some people who are very close and dear to me. And in COVID, they were tested. They were given an incredible, incredible test in which they were tested physically. They were tested mentally, psychologically, emotionally, where they were fi financially first most, where they were threatened to lose their house. They were threatened physically. And the family was in a state of anxiety, a state of fear, not knowing what the future would entail. And nobody, and people realizing that they were in a very difficult circumstance. But their response to that was, was to continue in their prayer and to remain patient. They, they were content knowing that this is an affliction that was sent to us by God. And we're not going to complain. We're not going to take the, the route of sin to try to fix our situation and we're going to be constant in our virtuous activity and two years from that moment now the family is in a state of blessing the hardship has been removed and now they're continuously seeing these blessings coming out of nowhere in me and we in ways in which we could never see and there's a beautiful there's a beautiful saying in the quran where god says uh you know if you have a God consciousness, God, you know, if you're always aware of God and living according to God's ideals, God will create an exit strategy for you. And God will provide you with means in which you never thought you would acquire, meaning God would give you provisions and blessings in ways you never thought you could acquire it. And that whoever places their trust in God, know that ultimately God is sufficient for them. And that's the response that this family had. But ultimately, when it comes to responding to adversity, the instruction manual for the Muslims is the life of the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. Because contrary to public opinion, he suffered immensely throughout his life. Um, fear was a big component because him and his followers were being persecuted. They were being attacked. And one day, the Prophet, peace be upon him, he attempted to seek asylum from neighboring cities for protection for him and his loyal followers. And so he traveled to a city which was called Ba'if. And while he was there trying to seek asylum, he, he was surrounded by his enemies, surrounded by slaves, by children and labor workers who began to insult him. They began to mock him and they began they, he began looking around, looking for an exit strategy of where he could leave. And the crowd began hurtling rocks at him and pelting him, spitting at him, throwing dirty materials. And blood began to drip from his forehead, his arms, his chest, his legs, until his blessed body was drenched in blood. And for two kilometers, this happened until finally he escaped and he sought refuge in a garden under a palm tree. And with blood still dripping from his forehead, the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, raised his hands to the sky 
and called upon his Lord and just listened to the words and the way in which he asked his Lord for assistance. He said, oh God, I complain to you of my weakness, my scarcity of resources, and the humiliation I have been subjected to by the people. O most merciful of those who are merciful, O Lord of the weak and my Lord as well, to whom have you entrusted me? To a distant person who receives me with hostility or to an enemy to whom you have granted authority over my affair? So long as you are not angry with me, I do not care. Your favor is of a more expansive relief to me. I seek refuge in the light of your face by which all darkness is dispelled and every affair of this world and the next is set right. Lest your anger or your displeasure descends upon me. I desire your pleasure and satisfaction until you are pleased. There is no power and no might except by you. And this is a beautiful example of being content in the face of affliction of almost dying, yet at the same time being content knowing that God is the one who sent it to you. And he took, he, he took, he was constant in his virtuous activity when the stones were being pelted at his blessed body, peace be upon him. Instead of just sitting there and praying, he was finding an exit strategy. He was running to see which way he could escape. And instead of doing something unrighteous or something sinful, he, he remained, he, he, he remained, uh, in that state of God consciousness and virtue and avoided all types of sins. And so this is the instruction manual for responding to adversity. We turn to God for assistance and we turn to God and we complain to God about our problems. Similar to when uh, Joseph was taken away from Jacob and the prophet Jacob, peace be upon him, turned to God and said, to God alone, I pray, I seek assistance. And here it's interesting that the prophet does not blame God for his hardship, but rather he states that if the most merciful is not angry with him, he does not care, peace be upon him, meaning he's content with the decree of God. And that ultimately he says at the conclusion that there is no power and no might except by you. And that Muslims understand that power alone belongs to God and God gives it to whom he wills. And in the Quran, it says, oh God, master of sovereignty, you give sovereignty and authority to whomever you want, and you remove it from whomever you wills. And so the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, in his adversity, in his affliction, in his response, he understands that his oppressors can only be in power through the permission of God, and that they weren't in power independent of the most merciful. And that ultimately there is a wisdom as to why they are put in power. And that all of this is merely a test. And his blessed life, peace be upon him, was filled with more sufferings, especially in the loss of life. In an age of COVID today, where early on we began to see, everybody began to see the loss of people close to them, their near friends, their family. It was a very difficult moment for all of us. And when we look at the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, we see that God had taken away the people most closest to him. You know, he was born an orphan. His father passed away before he was born. 
that alone would be enough suffering for a person to go through in their life. And at the age of six, he had to bury his mother. And imagine a young child, when we see a child who is losing his mother, the pain that it causes us. And, you know, if, if we read the story of it, we see that he, re- he was by himself with his, um, with, uh, with a woman and they were burying his mother and he was laying on top of her grave crying and saying to his mother, now that you've left me, there's nobody there for me. At the age of eight, he loses his grandfather. He loses his uncle, who was the only one protecting him from death threats. He lost his beloved wife with him. And she passed away in his arms. And his companions reported that following her death, he did not even smile for months on end. Peace be upon him because of how heartbroken he was. One by one, he would see his followers die through hot temperatures, through torture, massacres. And he buried all of his six children with the exception of one. You know, just for a second, just imagine the pain one has for burying one child, let alone six. Year after year, another child would be buried. And if we take the example of one of his sons, who was Ibrahim, he was only 16 months old. And the story is a very emotional one in which a messenger comes to the prophet, peace be upon him, and says that your son is going to pass away. He's very sick. And so the prophet, peace be upon him, drops whatever he's doing and he runs with his companion. And immediately he sees his child and he sees the suffering his child is going through and he picks him up. He brings him close to him. He begins to kiss him. He begins to smell him and he hugs him tightly. And as the child begins to breathe harder and harder and slower until finally his soul was removed while he was in, the, in his father's blessed hands. And the prophet, peace be upon him, begins to cry. And his companion says, O messenger of God, do you cry as well? Because he came, the prophet, peace be upon him, came to a culture where the Bedouins were very rough and they, they, they would never cry. And he says that this is mercy that God has placed into me and that the eyes are shedding tears and the heart is grieved. And we will not say that except what pleases our Lord. And this is a beautiful story indicating that in, in, in his life, he was filled with suffering, you know, losing the, his blessed child in his hand. And instead of complaining to God, asking why God will do this, he says, we will only say that which pleases our Lord. We will remain content with the decree of God. So when the verse says that seek assistance through God through patience and prayer, this is the patience that a person has. Because ultimately, as a believer, as a Muslim, we understand that things may not make sense in this world as to why a certain person has so much material blessing and why another person doesn't and why this specific person had this calamity and this doesn't. But we remain content knowing that on the day of judgment, on that day, God will explain everything to us and that we will know why and that we'll tell ourselves, oh, that's why this happened. That's why this reached me. And so the lesson behind the prophet, peace be upon him, his life is adversity is part of the human condition. Adversity is just when affliction reaches us, we remain patient because we know that these tribulations are only temporary. They're temporal and that they will only last in this world. And as long as we have the correct response, the response of prayer and patience, 
of remaining grateful, knowing that things could always be worse, of placing our trust in God, knowing that God alone is sufficient for us, we recognize that all of this is merely a means at purifying us of our sins, that all hardship that reaches us, whether it's a financial hardship, whether it's a physical hardship, whether it's a cut, like the prophet said, all of these hardships are just ways at these sins being removed for us. And I'll conclude with a very personal story, which occurred to me just earlier this year, in which I had a very, um, I, had a, I had an injury, which required surgery. And the surgery was very intense. And it required me being on multiple pills a day, about 12 of the strongest painkillers. And just tearing my entire body apart and not being able to move and being just struck stuck to a bed for months. And my response to that was to follow the example of the prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him of the prophet, uh, 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 uh prophet job, uh, who in our tradition is referred to prophet Ayub, peace be upon him, who had the sickness in his body, but yet he remained patient. You don't, and we didn't engage in any sins or wrong actions. And we were content with God's decree, knowing that all of this pain that's reaching me, even though my body is an immense amount of pain, and I'm not sure if I can handle this, I know that me just sitting here and being patient and asking God for assistance through prayer is all of my sins being removed. And I felt like a newborn baby where I, all of my sins were gone. And so... That is the beauty of Islam and how Muslims respond to adversity is that we remind ourselves that all adversity, there is a wisdom behind it and that all adversity is a way of removing our sins and that the two tools that we need are prayer and patience. And we have the, if we have these two and we act accordingly with it, God will reward us for this. And so... That, in, in conclusion, is how we respond to adversity, uh, how Muslims respond to adversity. So thank you once again to everybody. Special thanks to Reverend Samaya for setting this up. I hope everybody enjoyed this session. And thank you for hosting me. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you all. Ooh,